You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> That's right. Last week, we almost got trampled on the way here by the folks trying to view the lighting of the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center and the folks trying to put a stop to it as well. What a country. But that means the holiday season is well underway. And if fall in New York isn't the best time, then uh, maybe this part of the season is. Even though it's been kind of awful and rainy this week, it's snowing today, it's quite nice, everything's going to get much more entertaining. The first of its kind college football playoff is all set, and it's dripping with controversy and question. Who doesn't love it? The NFL playoffs are getting set, and that'll be even more exciting. Do you know that Tampa Bay Buccaneers could either win the Super Bowl or get a number one first round draft pick last week? When does that ever happen? And how about the handsome fella from Oregon, Marcus Mariota? Will he win the Heisman Trophy Saturday night? And could he play for the Jets? As he is more, is he more handsome than Mark Sanchez? All these questions, including, could we actually get John Mulaney to sit in as a guest? Will be answered over the next few weeks. But tonight, 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 as the band Genesis would sing, we have a great show for you. My first guest, my first guest, my only guest, my first guest of any substance. That's right. I'm calling you out, Rachel Feinstein and Lenny Marcus. When you achieve the intellectual status of this week's guest, maybe I'll invite you back again. A hero of mine of sorts in his opinions, journalistic abilities, and overall unprecedented constant work ethic. Oh, what a long, strange trip it's been these last 14 weeks. But this week, come in here, dear boy. Have a cigar. The show's about to start, guaranteed to blow your head apart. We'll talk about everything tonight, from Green Day to Right Said Fred. It's week 15. I'm Dave Juskow, and this is The Spread. Well, it is The Spread. My name is Dave Juskow. I put in all those musical references from my guest this evening, who I am very honored to have here. Please, oh, look, I just abruptly put out the... I'm very good at uh, producing my own show. <laughs> do you like it in and out? How do you feel about my theme song? Uh, the theme song's fine. Thank but there's, you. Or, there's a lot of references to Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer in there. A bit too many. I thought I only intro. put one. Uh, oh, I put two. two. There were two. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that but never then ends. came back and later. Then, uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I did the comeback. Anyway, Jim Farber, <laughs> the chief music critic from the New York Daily News, is joining us today. This is a huge deal. On my first show, I had my... Uh, best friend from high school, Lee Maracas on. <laughs> and uh, Sarah Silverman called in and she goes, boy, that's a, that's a real get you got there. Uh, what, a, what a first guess that is too. <laughs> so this is kind of a big deal. Mm. And I've been reading your articles for many years. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't know if you like to talk about how many years you've been doing it. 25. But, well, I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but if that's what you want to do. I figure, I, you know, put it out there. Yeah. And um, you, you write, you are you write solely for the Daily News now, or you also do other stuff? I know you used to write for Rolling Stone. Yeah, I mean, I actually worked for a lot of places before the news, but I also do some stuff for Mojo, the British really... No one really, knows what that is, Jim. Um, thank you for coming really, in. It's a really, really great <laughs> British magazine. I wish we had a magazine like that here. Um, I do too? Yeah. <laughs> well, you would. No, it's, it's really, really good. You like it. Um, well, I know you used to write for the legendary like Circus right. and oh, Cream yeah. magazine. Right. I mean, Late those were the days. You never wrote for Dynamite. No. Yeah, that used to disappoint me. Never heard of Dynamite? You're giving me no. the face. Like, um, what? No, I don't know Dynamite. Alan, my friend Alan Klein is here. You remember Dynamite Magazine, right, from school? 
Oh, that's for, for kids. Yeah, for kids. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get the joke. Whoopsie. <laughs> well, why would you? I mean, nobody, nobody gets it. Nobody, nobody remembers Dynamite magazine. I just wonder. I mean, because this you is know, like highlights. Is that like the thing? It kind of, except like the September '77 edition had an interview with Sean Cassidy and Chewbacca. Oh, that's cool. So I'm saying, if you're not writing for a magazine like that, I mean, it's pretty good what you do, but um, mm. yeah, you know, you can't get everything. But you're. Um, you know, a legend in the sense of uh, the, the stuff you've seen and the stuff you've reviewed, and I'm, uh, you know, quite fascinated by it all. That, and I, my first question to you is, you've been writing for 25 years, just for the Daily News. Yeah. You writing way, way before way that. Way before that, yeah. I'm old. With, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> With the internet, uh-huh. is there much added pressure? Because it seems like now I see you have four articles out a day. It can be, yeah. Um, it, there is in one sense, you know, in that obviously it's, it's an endless hunger to throw stuff out there. You can keep refreshing things. But it's, it's, um, in some ways it's kind of easier than, than the deadlines for the physical paper, actually, because oh. it's, it's flowing and it's constant. I would have thought and, that would have been more complicated because then, you know, when I, I wasn't sure. I always think in my head what it was like for you when you would have to go see one concert a night. Oh, I get it. And then you go, you're a little drunk, and then you yeah. can probably wait till tomorrow to write your article. I'm just assuming this is the way you... <laughs> you know. Well, no, even if you're drunk, you got to write, you know, if that happens, because you never know when news is going to break. So it could be, you know, you stumbled home from something, but what do you know, Whitney Houston is dead. And th- this actually happened to me. I was coming home from a restaurant... Whitney Houston had died, which I didn't know. I was Whitney I had, Houston is dead. I, I love to be the first to tell you. <laughs> Breaking news. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but anyway, what happened was I was in a restaurant, you know, a little tipsy as it was on a, on a Saturday night, which is when it happened. And um, you know, I, it was a loud restaurant, so even though my phone was ringing, I didn't hear it. So when I got home, everything that could light up was lighting up. So I knew there was something wrong. Called the the uh, news desk, and they said, "You ha- Whitney Houston is dead. You have one hour. Write something." Oh. So that sobers you up fast. Yeah, yeah. it's a bummer. Um, and it's a, it's, yeah. it is. Because that's the worst. I always, for some reason, when I'm drunk, I always get calls into the hospital. I don't know why, where I have to sober up there for hours while I'm just waiting. It's never like in a real emergency. If somebody's got a bloody finger, right. like my doorman. Can you take me? Because I do not speak the English. I need to fill out the forms. That's a horrible imitation. I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I know you don't want to be associated with the show now. But that's amazing. You had to do that. Was Whitney Houston thing happened like two years ago? It's maybe? about yeah. I, I think it'll be three. This because it, it, remember it happened the night before the Grammys at the oh, hotel right, where right, every right. single person in the music industry was right downstairs. She was like she drowned in a bathtub upstairs. It was a dramatic possible thing. Yeah, it'll be great in the movie. She was a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. I mean, what a mess. I remember I saw her at the Garden State Art Center years ago because right. I thought she was the best because I saw her in an episode of Silver Spoons. Oh my God, Ricky Schroeder, <laughs> and I was like, you know, she's okay. You know, I like her music; it's all right. And she <laughs> played it, "Saving All My Love for You," and she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she's okay. I'm gonna go see her. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing Rodney because I actually saw Rodney Dangerfield the night before. I think I saw Whitney Houston <laughs> nice. at the Garden State Arts Center. Coming up next week, Whitney Houston. It's gonna be unbelievable. <laughs> but I remember I really liked her, and um, then she just became a real mess. Like I guess a drug addicted. Addict this, to her and her husband, right? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, certainly if you watch the, the reality show, that's that's what it looked like. Did you ever meet her? Um, no. You know, I didn't. Because most... I actually... She most like white people? <laughs> Did I out you that you're white? Oh, There's well, a picture of you in the news, right? So. <laughs> 
It's colorized. <laughs> um, I uh, no, I didn't because actually during the period I think when at, at sort of her peak, I didn't really like her that much. I actually sort of liked her later. It was it was a little bit too slick for my taste. At well, that that's time. something I want to talk about later. The stuff mm. you have to write, which you probably don't like, but mm. I wanted to start with some current stuff that mm-hmm. uh, you've been talking about. I was amazed you like mm-hmm. the new Michael Jackson album. Oh, right. That he made right. while he was dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made it <laughs> while he was dead. That, no, believe me, nobody was more shocked than me. I mean, that w- I walked into the room. And this is part of the fun of it. You, you'll have a preset. You can ha- help having some preset notion of what something's going to be. And I'm constantly surprised. You know, the tracks are really good, especially because there had been a posthumous record before that that right, was awful. Right. And it was pretty much what you'd expect. You know, they just like, you know, wrote kind of tracks. Was this, and this was one? Because this stuff, the, the material was really old. I mean, some of it really went back to the days of Thriller and Off the Wall. Oh, like so it stuff really, that they just never put out? Right, right. And then they didn't oh, really reconsider. That reconsi- sounds great. And then they, it was great. And then they, well, you can still hear it. And they didn't really reconsider it later. <laughs> I'm well, not in, too, so not I, in a record store. Now, let me understand this. I could buy, I could purchase the album and then say, no, you can't. <laughs> well, you can have a download. Do you, you know? <laughs> is this the one that like Justin Timberlake is on and those people or am I There's, thinking of something else? No, you're, you're, you're half right. I mean, they did, they did a little bit of that goofy stuff of adding some people later, but not too much. I mean, on it, this album. On that album, so yeah. So Justin a, Timberlake is on it and stuff. and Right. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of that, but there's not, you know, and, and the tracks were sort of redone. But one, one interesting thing is that it's actually available, you really want to shell out, in a double version. So you can hear the raw tracks and the ones they worked on. So you can do a compare and contrast if you want. I do like that kind of stuff, actually. I was actually, I don't know why, I was listening to the, Paul McCartney did a, a performance on the Jimmy Fallon show of mm. Lady Madonna. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I don't know why. I mean, I always liked Paul McCartney stuff, mm-hmm. but I just thought his performances lately have just been okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But I thought this one was really, he was at the piano mm-hmm. playing it, and it was just a really old piano, and mm-hmm. it was just into it, and mm-hmm. it was exciting. And then I just started doing some research just for myself for no reason just to see more about that song i didn't realize it wasn't on an album mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a b-side not a b-side but it was on a leftover yeah like yeah. they put it on hey jude album which i didn't even know existed which is called something else here yeah i mean there's stuff like that i mean for instance with the stones um i mean honky tonk women really wasn't on an official stones album it was on a greatest hits record it was the big summer and the song so- it was big song in the summer of 69 and then it, the album that it was on and this is really dating it, you know, the, um, it was actually track one side too. Um, <laughs> that's not dating, that's way cool. <laughs> but anyway, it was, um, it was on Through the Past Darkly, which was their second greatest hits record. So it wasn't really an official record, but that oh, was the one new track they put on it, which is like an amazing track. I know you, you said that the 1969 Rolling Stones concert at Madison Square Garden was oh, one yeah. of the greatest, yeah. like, like points of turning of rock and roll and stuff like that. Why, mm-hmm. why that particular concert? Well, that, what I was trying to mention just in terms of a, it was a great, great concert, and I was not there because I'm not. No, that I, old. I didn't think so. But you, you <laughs> but 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 the album is you know everyone anyone can hear the album and, the, and there's outtakes again. Everything. Where would you? But, find, sorry, but what I was going to say <laughs> is. Um, uh, it's it a pivotal point in terms of um, rock and roll becoming a, a much bigger business. So it was after, basically, it was just a couple months after Woodstock. And with Woodstock, really, people, that's when people real, realized that there was a greater market there to be exploited. You know, that's, that's when, you know, things began to move to bigger places. Um, this was, with, with the Stones, was going to more arenas. And then after that, it would be stadiums and, you know. I guess you're right. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you don't think But they were in theaters before that. They like, were, you know, th- that was the death of the film war happened just a little bit after that. So it was kind of th- that turning point. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. 69, you think, like, what are you talking about? Rock and roll's been around forever. But, I mean, technically, the Beatles just kind of 
uh, I mean, it had been around technically since the 50s, right? I mean, like little Elvis Silver action. But, but yeah, right. Sorry. I guess it would take shape <laughs> mm-hmm. where it became a real... I'm talking you know, about as a business, you know, just, and just in, in oh, terms of, in terms, just, and also as a concert business. I mean, for instance, you, when you're looking at the Beatles, that's interesting because they obviously they played stadiums before, but that was a really rare thing. Right. I was talking about the sort of normalization of it, where now any kind of headlining act who would have played a theater, say the Fillmore, which is like I think under was under three thousand people, suddenly would play a twenty thousand oh, seat thing. It, right. So, so that, that had never happened before. Not the normalization of oh, it. I mean, that was beginning really in '69, and then and then you know a few years later, then you have stadiums becoming the normal thing for headliners yeah and then i guess you have those groups that actually just made songs for stadiums like foreigner well, or somebody like really you know, the, bad like, bands yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. well ergo arena rock arena rock you know, which, which is, is actually my favorite but you know <laughs> i uh wanted Sorry to ask that. you <laughs> there's nothing i can do about it it's, it's out there um i know that uh bob geldof did another <laughs> do they know it's christmas another right. band-aid this is the third it's incarnation. I know you had to write about it. Yeah. And why should they know it's Christmas? The they don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> doing it for Ebola. Just... Nobody even talks about it anymore. What happened with Ebola? That was only a week it, ago. It was a nobody... no-show. Yeah. yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> but why would he do that? Just just because he's he's like, let, let's get into it again. Or I mean, it seems... It seemed like an issue at for... the time. No, I really... I mean, the fact is, uh, while we're being flip, Ebola really is a thing in West Africa still. Yeah, it's just, again, it's just, I don't it, know what you're talking about. It was a kind of like... It's a, West it, Africa. Is it, it big with the young kids? Is it, <laughs> yeah, it's a new thing. What else came from there? Nothing. Um, <laughs> just bad uh, stuff. Really <laughs> great music. But anyway, um, uh, no, it's just in this country. It was kind of a no-show. Yeah, I guess, but everybody was so worried. But he, I but mean, they were how do you feel about him redoing that for, a, I mean, is he going to do it every 10 years now or more? Um, or, I think he would like can to. Can he it's, come up with another song? It's a franchise. Um, they, they did change the arrangement quite a bit, and they're different people. Did you it. like it? Uh, not really. I mean, but those things aren't really made to be liked. They're just, they're just you know, Tim Murray's money. Or awareness, have, you know, or something like that. How do you feel about One Direction being in it? Does that make you angry? <laughs> no, I no. <laughs> I, I'm I'm I'd say my Harry anger. Styles fan. That's huge. Yeah, I had a feeling maybe. Well, actually, it's Zane is my favorite, but that's you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I'm more of a Harry man myself. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask you is, um, I know you were you had reviewed Aretha Franklin's book. Oh yeah, that's a great book. And she's really angry about it. She's it's really a, angry. It's a biography by this David Ritz. That's a really interesting story, I think. Um, I da- think so too. Yeah, what happened know. was is David Ritz writes everybody's biography. He's like, you know, the... the, the, the was, was, was he asked to write the book? This is the complication. Ah. 15 years ago, he was, he was asked to write her official biography. And David Ritz does really good books. He's like a serious. He's did. He's done Ray Charles' book. He's done Betty Levette books. He's done a million books to Aaron Neville. He's done a lot of R and B and soul people, but other kinds. I was going to say, does he, he do did, anybody but black people? No, it? he did Joe Perry's book this year as well. So he does all kinds of books, oh. and that was a good one. But anyway, um, he had been invited to do this, and the problem, and he he should have kind of known this. You know, maybe he thought he could do better. But Aretha is a famously willfully boring interview you know she absolutely she's just impossible to get through you know she's she, you're lucky to get anything beyond one word answers and if you do get something like that it's it's really really dull so he, i guess he thought you know still it's aretha franklin he's you know going to be the official biographer who would say no to that but she was incredibly bland and everything that was interesting that he turned up she rejected from the book and he didn't even have final say in what was in the book or even see it i think before it was published she really controlled that all the way through that was 15 years ago what happened is is she came to him again i talked to him about this you know yeah. and, and um she came to him again then later 
and kind of asked him about doing a follow-up on the book. And he said, oh, thinking like now maybe she's going to tell the real story. And instead she says, oh, I want to do a book because I've won lots of awards since then. You know, it's like, <laughs> e- you know, no one just, cares. They're awards that are just, hey, you're Aretha Franklin. It's, kind of, it, right, it's yeah. kind of the Aretha Franklin yeah, award. Yeah. So, um, like, we already know you're a legend, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, he... he he had all this material, you know, and uh, and he put together an amazing book that is really the real mm-hmm. story for the first time. Now, I had asked him about the ethics of this, obviously, because, you know, it could it could look a little shady. You know, there you are, um, at least as I saw it as an outsider, that, that he first had access to all these people by being the official photographer. Then he goes and uses it, you know, for his own purposes. But what David said to me was that um, – he had done a lot of those interviews with her sisters and her booking agent, people that are very honest and revealing in the book, um, that he had done them before he actually got the first contract. Um, and he, in fact, used that to kind of prove to Aretha that he was serious about doing a real full biography of her. But it just turned out that she didn't want a really honest biography. Yeah. So why would she? So she's a mess. She's not. <laughs> she's. Um, I mean, what's she complaining about now? What is that that's so controversial in it that she's so angry? She, you would be surprised. If, what, if she didn't give him any information, what is she complaining about? No, no, but about? he, well, no, I mean, she's complaining about the new book. And in fact, what was kind of interesting, just in my, if you read the piece, what happened, I had been bugging Aretha Franklin's people about getting a statement, kind of, because it really, I thought she must be upset about this, you know? Yeah. There'd been a noise about maybe her suing, which I don't really know exactly how she could sue. But anyway, um, so finally I got the statement first, you know, before AP and everything. So I called David up and I said, oh, you know, Aretha's, is finally giving a statement to the press, you know, can I read it to you? You know, because I want to get his reaction. So it was really kind of fun to read to like all these horrible things that he <laughs> to read the regular just said about him, <laughs> which and he just, you know, he just didn't care really. I mean, he, it was all that he, it's what he would expect her, how he would expect her to react. But, um, um, and he had a polite comment, you know, just saying no, right. she's a great legend and this is the real yeah, story. Yeah, what is he supposed to say? What but if the she, fact she is the book is... Sue, the, she just calls Obama. <laughs> the fact is the book is respectful. You know, it's just, it's just all a, a rounded portrait of her. Right, you know? right. But is he... Do, yeah, well, all right. <laughs> I just... Um, you know, it's funny that you, you have somebody like Aretha Franklin and you, you know, talking about her book or whatever, but you also have to review, as like your assignment, mm. an album... Like the soundtrack to the Hunger Games, <laughs> right? Well, it goes lower than that, but um, <laughs> I'm sure it does. But you know, the thing is that what what uh, the saving grace there is, of course, when you're a critic, no one wants to hear about this. But it, it's it's really not about your opinion. Obviously, there's some opinion. There is opinion that comes into it, but. You know, it's obvious that the target audience, let's say, for the One Direction, that I'm not the target audience for the One Direction <laughs> record. I mean, anybody can tell that. But it's not interesting to to me or really to anybody. I don't think. You know, whether I particularly think this is the most exciting track in the world. What's interesting is that you, you can bring a lot of analysis to it. You can kind of figure out what's really going on. There's still a lot to talk about that's surprisingly objective. Well, that's, and those are my favorite articles that you write that, you know, where you have to review something like that. I, I enjoy it too. You know, I enjoy I the have, exercise um, of it. You know? Quotes from you. Uh oh. <laughs> I never said <laughs> it. Those are horrible scathing. misquotes. <laughs> Where are they? Oh, like, um, you did research for this? Yeah, I did a lot of research. <laughs> I like you, and I'm you know, fascinated by you. And I see I'm asking these questions because I'm fascinated by somebody who, you know, has, uh, you know, met a lot of the legends in rock and roll oh, and yeah. had to, you know, review some great albums. And then, mm. you know, now you have to deal, you know, with Taylor Swift. Right, right. And people like that. Like, I mean. But she's fascinating by definition. Right. You know, no, the I fact agree, is, is, you know, I'm interested in pop music, you know, period. 
So I, that means I'm interested in the history of it and where these things fit. Me too. So, you know, it's, it's, I would rather that it be better. Of course, I would I love to write about things that I'm genuinely enthusiastic about, the actual music. I don't know why. But I'm, <laughs> it helps. That doesn't sound fun but, at but, all. But, I, but I'm enthusiastic about the, the, the story. You know, it's like yeah. following the plot line of pop. What do you think of that? She has that song, Blank Space. Oh, yeah. With that DJ <laughs> in that video, that Greg, um, Greg James... Have you seen that video? It's just them in the car singing the song together. Well, this is the one she's a psycho, right? Or she's making fun of the fact that she's a psycho. Isn't that the one? No, that's... Or which one's that one? That's I got them all mixed uh, up. the really popular one, uh, Shake It Off. No, no, no. Oh, that's not that one? No, the Shake It Off is a, you know, we hate haters kind of song. Right, um, right, right. No, there's no, the maybe other this one. is this. It's Blank sp- I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I don't it's Blank Yeah, that's, you know the, that's the one. I don't know what the... <laughs> Music and tell. I like the song and I listen to oh. it, but I'm never looking for the meaning. So I don't. Know. Oh, well, the, well, I see what she's talking about here. <laughs> well, it, my it's, mother it's, had it's to tell me about "Shake It Off." I didn't even realize. I didn't even get it. It's so obvious to everybody. My mother's like, "No, she's saying she doesn't like you know when the people make bad comments. You got to shake it off." I'm like, "You got to shake it off." Oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, it's not it from upbringing. It, <laughs> my mother's an idiot too. Sorry, I do it every week. Okay, but listen, here's some of your. This is the kind of stuff that you were writing back. In the day, in the day the like for instance, um, for Pat Benatar had an album in 1991 called True Love. Mm-hmm. This was your quote. Pat Benatar has just released the comedy record of the year. <laughs> On it, she sings the blues, perhaps the most uproariously dumb idea for an album since Ethel Merman recorded disco in 79. Although now I kind of like the Ethel Merman disco record. I actually, <laughs> I actually take that part back. Well, that's true. <laughs> in, well, I would think in 1991, people would like that 1979 Ethel Merman disco record. She was trying anything. She was trying They anything. gave away all her parts. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Um, well, I, you know, I, really, kind of, I, I regret saying anything bad about Ethel Merman. I love her. Well, everybody does now. I mean, every—I mean, everybody does. Those airplane guys made it yeah, even yeah. better. And yeah, yeah. All our love boat appearances. Right, Come on. Right. She was brilliant. But um, I mean, this is the kind of. This is why I like your. Well, at least in your early days, you were doing these quotes. I've changed though, right? I think I've clearly some, yeah. no, because there you were trying to, you know, make like a wave, you know, or mm-hmm. something. You know, you were trying to make some noise. So right, you'd right, say right. these things like, "Remember that uh, rock set." <laughs> um, like, isn't that the now one I think I like them too. Is that Let's Go All the Way? Is that them? Is Probably. that Roxette? Right? The album was called Joyride. He goes, It sounds like it was made by elves. Their style is so adorably dinky with rinky tink rhythms, toy power chords, and teensy vocals that you practically want to pet it. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It was very, it was very miniaturized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, mean, like that's thum- what, I remember reading pop. your stuff back then, oh. and I'm like, I like this guy. Oh, good. You know, it's hard to remember now. You know, if you if we had met 10 years ago, I probably would have remembered more, but I'm, you know, I'm losing it. You got no more recent quotes? I mean, like, this is all from that thousand years ago. No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm surprised you read any. I do. Any. It's just the quotes are funnier back then because oh, I okay. think, you know, you were just more like, I'm going to get these people. Mm. I don't want them to put out albums anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to destroy Pat Benatar. Oh, yeah. Now I put up with it. Yeah, right, right. Well, that's why that's why I'm kind of it's kind of interesting. Like mm. you I mean you really reviewed everything. Even back then, it's not like you knew all these right you had to review these kind of albums. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that you probably were like, This is a flash in the pan album, but I got it, right. this is my job. And that's what I'm fascinated with. I'm sorry, that's why Yeah, I maybe mean, of course you cover everything. I mean, I suppose I probably the most negative reviews I've written on anybody like career, you know, probably Bon Jovi. Oh, most famous, like uh, nonstop hate. You, our friend, our mutual friend Alan, is laughing because he knows that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the important thing is, 
It's a Jersey thing. <sighs> it a is Jersey. a Jersey thing, I guess. Really? I don't God. know. You know, we grew up with those guys that I went to Hebrew school with Dave Bryan, the keyboardist. Um, uh-huh. Oh, damn it. I've never told anybody I'm Jewish. I, um, <laughs> oh, this is a disaster. Um, no, I was going to ask you hmm. next about uh, the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. And that documentary, oh, the right. part documentary. Ways, yeah. What do you think about it? Um, I had a number of problems with it. Um, one, one problem actually not so much with the, you know, th- there's kind of two parts to the documentary. One is he's supposedly making these, uh, it, people don't know what it is. It's, it's a thing for HBO where he um, goes to various cities, key cities around the country, and um, is, you know, doing, th- uh, you know, basically reviewing the history of the music of those, of those cities. Um, and then what happens is that in each of those cities, he cuts a track for this new album that is meant Supposedly to reflect the city, but it doesn't. Yeah, I didn't. I Every saw single, the ball, I didn't like so, one of them. Yeah. But the songs are fine, but they sound like they were all made in LA studio by the Foo <laughs> Absolutely, Fighters. Absolutely, right, right. There's like, no, and they even the one. I mean, the most amazing one was when they got into New Orleans and they're using horns from New Orleans, and it still sounds absolutely nothing like. Yeah, no, I, I saw that one. It sounds exactly the same. I liked what, watching it, that New Orleans one where they had mm-hmm. all the guys the, the where, where they were filming it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that part, but mm-hmm. I agree with you that the music does not it sound... It didn't reflect, you know. Yeah, it doesn't It could be anywhere. You know, right, it's, right, it's like right. a studio. But I like the, the concept. I like the fact that he has a plan, and I but love it, it the Foo Fighters. I like, like the Foo Fighters a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, here's... Actually, I have one of their uh, songs here, I think. This is from the... Uh, this is the one from Chicago, I think. Oh, huh which doesn't sound like Chicago no not at all I'm not exactly sure what the Chicago portion is but I guess I mean what does sound like Chicago what's supposed to sound Um, well I mean people would associate blues tracks with it particularly from the 50s well they don't really write bluesy kind of music I guess Uh, no but it's blues rooted you know rock and roll is but I um, you know I've always liked the Foo Fighters and I think they're interesting and and certainly coming from you know a, a band that is so well known and then to make your mark in a completely different way where there's people today that probably have no idea where he's from. Yeah, that, that is amazing. amazing in itself. Well, it's also, you know, you don't expect the drummer to, like, be fronting. Right? Uh, well, but that does happen a lot. We were Don Henley well, and, Phil, and Collins. Phil Collins. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is interesting that that happens more so, more so than you would think. But um, I was the guy, Butch Vig, is it? Is mm-hmm. it? And he does garbage, right? Was yeah. he... Was he the producer of Nirvana? He had and done then, some stuff, yeah. Um, I mean, he's done... There's so many people that he did during the whole grunge era, you know. Who was the other guy in Nirvana? Who was the other guy? There was three guys. Yeah, yeah, Chris Novoselic. What does he do? He is uh, really involved in politics now, actually. Oh, is that right? Oh, Because yeah. I was always saying, like, well, it's funny how even the producer of the Nirvana albums has his own band and everything. And, oh, no, Chris Novoselic. I heard about this other dude. Yeah, he's really involved in, like, uh, social causes and that sort of thing. He's around. That's all right, I guess. <laughs> um, I wanted to um, go over, uh, you know, this is, we do a lot of football stuff. Oh, huh <laughs> So I know you don't know anything about Not football. Not one thing, no. Right, but that's kind of the fun, too, <laughs> when you don't know anything. Oh, okay. What I do uh-huh. um, on this show is, uh, it's a gambling show. Oh, okay. And when I have guests, mm-hmm. I um, take their names mm-hmm. and I make bets with them. Mm-hmm. So last week, my guest was Lenny Marcus, mm-hmm. and I bet the teams with the names. Like, for instance, um, Lenny Marcus, for the M, I mm. use the SMU Mustangs, mm-hmm. you know, and they get a certain amount of points, and then I use the Alabama for the A, whatever, and I actually made a six-team tease, and I won last uh-huh. week. I won every bet. Mm-hmm. It was $100 to win 245 and I won. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Mm. This week, I spelled out Farber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just setting it up for you. Yeah, this is a lot of setup. Now, this is tough because <laughs> there's no more football. Oh. So I went with basketball because then it's, and I'm kind of excited about it because they have much, and I tried to make the, the names of the, the teams mm-hmm. the most hilarious. Oh, okay. So you would find it amusing. Oh, good. Because this is my favorite thing to do. Because when you're betting on the Providence Friars, mm-hmm. that to me is hilarious. Who mm-hmm. would bet on the Providence Friars? And why would a team call themselves the Friars? I don't know. For the and Farber. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get that much. Yeah, exactly. I get them plus 21 and a half points. Then, you ready for this? Mm. There's a team called UC Irvine. University of California, mm. Irvine. You know it? Yeah. Do you know what the name of their team is? I have no idea. Well, you know it starts with an A. Uh-huh. It's the Anteaters. Oh, my God. I'm that putting a wager real. on. I'm putting actual money. I'm betting on the Anteaters That's their to win. Na- that is their real their name. Their real name. Oh, my God. This is funny, right? Um, uh, It's off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UNLV Running Rebels. Mm-hmm. That's for the R. Oh, uh-huh. For the B. Mm-hmm. That is how you spell your name, right? Am I yeah, spelling it? Okay, yeah, just yeah. making sure. Oh, There's some silent I, letters in there. So. This one I did for our mutual <laughs> friend, Alan Klein. I'm betting on the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Mm-hmm. That's right, Alan. Mm-hmm. It's Alan's first boyfriend. I just outed Alan <laughs> as a homosexual. Um, was from St. Bonaventure. I always remember because I hated that kid. Oh, no, no. He was okay, right? I hated the next one. You hate the, all of them except for Lee. Everybody likes Lee. <laughs> when Alan and Lee broke up, I went with Lee. I told him, I called Alan. I said, listen, I've made a decision. I'm going with Lee. He's like, but you've known me for 30. Alan, the decision has been made and it's final. <laughs> um, just for the uh, E, I used the LaSalle Explorers. Hmm. That's the stupidest name of a team of all time. But here's the best one. The university, I use this one every week. Mm-hmm. They have a football and a basketball team. The University of Louisiana Lafayette. The name of the team is the Raging Cajuns. <laughs> oh. So, I'm throwing in a winning money on your name. Oh, okay. Good luck. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> I know you were completely fascinated by it, it's and that's 10%. why I... Uh, well, it's important that I, uh, you know, I like I like actually doing the show when people don't know about football. I, I think it's funny. That's better? It's interesting. Is that I think better? it's interesting to mm. know what people think. So, oh. th- there's this other thing that I do every week called the Pendulum Pick. Uh-huh. This girl, my friend Irene, she's got a pendulum. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's, uh, you know, psychic. Mm-hmm. We found out recently she's an idiot because <laughs> um, every pick is wrong. Mm-hmm. The first seven weeks, she was she was so right every week. Huh. I called the post. Uh-huh. No offense. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I told them, um, yeah, I got this girl that picks a winner every week, and I gave them this week's winner, and they and she lost. <laughs> oh, cool! <laughs> Killer. <laughs> and so then she's been losing pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. So last week we lost. She picked the Bears. They got annihilated by the Dallas Cowboys, like mm-hmm. 50 to 3, whatever it was. So this week I told her to pick again. We're going to bet against it. Oh. She's picking the game with the Patriots against the Dolphins. She picked the Patriots. I'm picking the Dolphins. Ah. I'm picking against. Because she, what happened oh, was the first averting. week she buried the pendulum in the mm-hmm. backyard. Mm-hmm. And now the pendulum's angry. Oh, I see. Revenge. Now I'm just staring at Jim. Cause, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, I know. That's say. what makes it funny. I'm, I know. That's, <laughs> I'm making you uncomfortable on purpose now. So I, <laughs> Let me ask you, I'm going to ask you one question, just, and just by the name, oh. I know you don't know any football. Okay. Just out of curiosity, yeah. if I'm picking, uh, let me pick a good one here. I always have to watch the halftime show, actually. I, I always have to review the halftime oh, show. Oh, that's what Super I was going to say. Yeah. What do you think about Katy Perry being... It's uh, weird. That's like the... I think you hate Katy Perry. I don't you hate, hate her. Katy no, Perry. No, I've seen some of your reviews. You don't like her. It's I actually just, like her a lot. It's Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> You uh, think you guys are gay. <laughs> it's really. Um, California Girls. No, what's, what's the one? Um, teenage Love is a brilliant 
brilliant song. But well, actually, but the Glee, the Glee version is much better. The Glee oh, I haven't is, heard that one. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous arrangement. Yeah, I'm it's not. I'm going to say uh, I've never seen the show Glee. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to think a lot of their songs are pretty good, actually. But mm, yeah. um, you don't like her doing the. Did you no, like her Mars last year? Yes, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, he, yeah, he's uh, you know he's flashy and just the way it should be. He's um, but wonderful. The, I but mean, the thing he, that was the thing is just it's she's it's I think it's the girliest thing they've ever had on the Super Bowl, right? I don't think it's ever. Yeah, been, Madonna was on that one, but year that and, but she's defiant, and then and she's they not Beyonce girl. That one that's kind of girly, and then she that's, brought out Destiny's Child. They were so happy to get that call. I would say it's. I would say, I mean, this is teen girly. I mean, this is really girly. This is like little, little girly. Katie Perry. Yeah, that's why I lo- Oh, oh, I, uh, I see. Um, I just went to see her concert. But, oh, it's so funny because um, I talk about this often. My cousin owns the New Jersey Devils. It's a hockey team. Uh-huh. I, I've heard of them. No, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Listen, why would I think that you've heard of them if you're like, now this football you speak of, is this... Uh, anyway, so um, the Katy Perry was at the... The arena, so uh-huh. I went, and um, one of the New Jersey Devils, who I love a lot, mm-hmm. he's won three, you know, championships. Um, his name's Ken Danico. He's mm-hmm. a really big, you know, guy, mm-hmm. massive guy, and he's really cool, and he's, you know, plays hockey, and that's a manly, manly sport. Mm-hmm. And um, he was at the Katy Perry concert. I'm like, Ken Danico, what are you doing here? Because I'm here with my nieces. I'm like, oh, me too, me too. I'm here with my, uh, my nieces. <laughs> well, you know, this is sure. actually, this is actually funny because when I cover all these teen shows, I mean, I'm actually, I'm go- I have to cover the Z100 Jingle Ball. Oh my god! So right? this is all. I've always teen- wanted to go to that. It's kind actually. of it's kind of brilliant. You know, it's, it's like the later equivalent of the Tammy Show. You know, because it's all they, teen girls. How do they get? All those good, they have good acts all the time. How do they always get them? Don't they? Don't well, they it's, it's, it's like, they, they force them. I mean, basically, oh. what it is. No, I mean, it's. But how can you force a radio station in this day and age? Who cares if they play it? Nobody. They, no, it still matters. It and, does? And, and it's also national. Those jingle balls are all across the country. Oh, so, I thought they were only here in New no, York. No, no, no. So they, there's, there was one in LA. There's one in like in a couple of major cities. Wait, they have them at the same time or they tour with the jingle ball? Essentially, they like it's like this is the Z100 jingle ball here, yeah. but there'll be one like there's an LA version. Oh, but it's different and it's people called performing. No, it's the same people. But they do have to do a little mini tour during. It's Christmas. kind of a mini tour, but they do it because um, it's it's, a, it's you know it's the major radio syndicate. So basically, like it's it's almost like a pay for play. But who thing. listens to radio anymore? Does anybody? I Teen mean, girls, and that's who shows up to and it. Dave and they, Duskow, but I mean, and they don't. <laughs> just I do. And um, <laughs> you know. And the, and though then they're fanatical fans, you know. I mean, and also most importantly, they buy merchandise or they get their parents to buy their merchandise. You're still and talking about teenage girls again, not Dave. <laughs> Dave I, no, I'm just <laughs> saying because I. It could also be you, but um, but anyway, so these. <laughs> it is me. But no, that and that's where they make their real money, you know, is, is with the, the merchandise. So you know, I mean, who's buying all that stuff? I mean, they'll buy all of those keychains and all that crap. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just I always am surprised by the people that get that. Like Z one hundred is able to get you know a Katy Perry or mm, no. Britney Spears at the time. I was they can like, get oh, they can get they whoever get? they can get whoever they want. But I would say back then I wasn't. I had no idea. I guess in you know we live in Manhattan mm-hmm. in New York. There's not a lot of radio. You're not in your car a lot, so right. I think that's where people mostly listen. Sure. I'm just surprised. I still listen to radio. I listen, mm-hmm. I listen to the sports station. I listen to oh. Howard Stern, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, some people. And in the car. Right. Um, but and you can listen that, to any radio station, obviously, through, through the web. It's a pretty know? great it's, deal, too. Yeah. Now I like that nowadays. But it's like, I like when I hear that Z100 is still on, right. and there's still like a morning zoo. Sure. I'm shocked by that. I, I know what you're saying, but it's kind of the the last of that. You know, they're 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 kind of the dinosaur final Thank brand, goodness. but but they're still there. You know, and it's, I still it's, like to be on their show, but you know, I mean, if they asked, I would 
go on, you know. <laughs> but I was always favorite. I used to go on a lot of radio shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the '90s or something on mm-hmm. those little morning shows. And sure. Every DJ was so funny. We were like, now Dave Joskat here, and he's a comedian. You're a funny guy. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> they all talk like that. And then one day, the guy left a message. He knew I liked the Devils, mm-hmm. and he goes. He left a message on my machine. I've been doing me and my friend have been doing it for years. Uh, Dave, yeah, it's Jim from the Houston radio station. Listen, I have two New Jersey doubles tickets tonight. If you want to go, like I, I don't think I called him back. I feel bad, but um, <laughs> it's just that that I, I don't know if I can hang out with him all night if he's going to do that voice. I mean, if he's leaving that voice on my machine. No, they have that. Then voice. it's like a real like he won't turn it off. I don't think they can. You know, you know I want him to get off the air and be like, well, that was a pretty good show. <laughs> you know, I oh, I didn't realize we were still on. Everybody listen. Here's the story. Yeah, but it's like the Jim Neighbors thing in reverse, kind of, you know, with the two. Oh, I, 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 I can do the Jim Neighbors song. <laughs> I'm when we sing the opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fake uh, opera voice. It's a fake opera voice. <laughs> when I'm calling you. I don't know how he got away with that for years. People, people went to that. They see were Jim j- Neighbors do that faux opera. <laughs> people go see John Tesh. You know, I mean, it's like people go see Yanni. You know, John Tesh is still alive, huh? He I don't is. Know. <laughs> Did you ever see? I sent this to. It still makes me mad. I sent it to Jimmy Kimmel. I found it online before people were able to find really mm-hmm. good stuff online. Yeah. And I sent it to Jimmy Kimmel, and he clearly sent it to the, this Bill Simmons, I think, at ESPN, mm-hmm. and then he put it up as his thing, as his find. Mm-hmm. It was furious. Mm-hmm. It's John Tesh mm-hmm. who wrote the NBC basketball theme, oh. like when Michael Jordan was big. Mm-hmm. Every man knows the theme. You know? mm-hmm. It was like, you know, something like that. And so there's a video, if you look it up when you go home, of him doing it live. Oh, wow. Gay <laughs> to turn this manly anthem into yeah. this uh, thing. He's got like this pirate playing a violin, and mm-hmm. the song is really good. Mm-hmm. He just didn't know it was John Tesh that did it. Right. The way he does it, he's he starts bouncing a, a fake ball, and then he gets into his keyboards. Mm-hmm. And anybody that plays the keyboards hard like that is kind of a little, a little off. You know, you can't. It's hard to guitar. We know you can play mm-hmm. hard, you can rock, but the keyboards when you're playing it, Dave Bryan does that on Bon Jovi, but I, I kind of like when he does it. I don't know. I guess I got to, you know, you hate that. Though. It, it, you hate Bon Jovi. It, it, it worked for Little Richard. Get off my I show. <laughs> oh, that's true. And right. also Billy and, Preston, too, yeah, actually. Billy Preston and Jerry Lee Lewis. And, well, oh, and, Jerry Lee Lewis, excellent. Yeah. Kind of oh, take it back. Elton John. And... Well, you know what? I, <laughs> now, this Elton John you speak of, is he big with the young kids? I um... He's big with the very, very All right, old listen, kids. we're... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to switch here to... Let's see if I can get this. <laughs> That's the halfway point of our uh, show. That was so. only halfway. <laughs> well, it's a little more. We're going to spend some more time. Are you having a good time? Love it. Let me ask you a question about Peter Pan. <laughs> Did you see it? Oh, God, no. Um, I, I, was, I was working that night. I have, I have an excuse. Um, but I, did, I guess I should have seen it. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's good, huh? We have a theater critic for this. <laughs> I was just wondering what did you, so you didn't watch it. I, I I'm fascinated I by those kind of um, train wreck live events. Did you hear? Listen to this. This is Christopher Walken oh. doing his. It's delicious. He's out of his mind. I love that. Actually, that's I like that. Icing mixed with poison. 
Oh, that's brilliant. That's actually brilliant. I know, it's not too yeah. bad, actually. Uh, it's like, it's like, well, that part could be okay. If you remember the old Footlights store, you know, and I think they still have oh, something online. Oh, I do remember online. that. It's down on well, 12th Street? Yeah, what was really amazing about Footlights was when you would go there, you would realize that everyone who has ever acted, ever, has at one point cut an album. Oh, right. So you have like yeah. Elizabeth Taylor singing, you know, because they just want to exploit whatever your brand is. So there really is nobody in, in the whole history of Hollywood that didn't cut an album. Well, he point. was... But Chris and Warren all was a song and dance guy. I mean, he, he was. was. He's a good dancer. That's why, yeah. And that's why it's funny when I saw the coming of Tracy, I saw him dancing. I'm like, hey, he's still got it. He's like 70. And well, you know, there was that, the, that song, the right? Fat the Boy Fat Boy Slim, Slim video. Right. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, it's great, great Really video. great because when he starts, when he's sitting on that chair, he looks like an old man and then yeah. he just gets up and it's amazing. The reason, um, I just play this for you because I know you'll appreciate it. I, well, actually, I don't know anymore. <laughs> but um, I can't take the Peter Pan seriously anymore because uh, this is what I remember. This is from SCTV. This is uh, John Candy playing Divine in Peter Pan. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm flying. <laughs> <laughs> and he's flying through the window. He's crashing through all uh -huh. the uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can never take it seriously anymore after I've seen that because it's when, the funniest thing i When did I've that first seen. run? Do you know? I don't, SCTV? No, but when did it first run? Do you have any Probably idea? Like 82. 82. That must, that must have been right around when Divine died. He died in the it was, No, it was probably... It was probably, just they before. wouldn't have done it if, if, he, if were dead. he were dead. Yeah, I think they, so I think it was just he, before. It must have been, yeah, because he died in the Maybe early Right 80s. around Pink Flamingos, I think, or something. No, Maybe. Pink Flamingos is 72. Oh, I thought that was 81. What am I thinking of? You're out of your mind. Uh, sorry. No. Um. <laughs> no okay. what am I, wait, what, what's the one that came out around in the early 80s then? Well, there was Polyester. Polyester. Yeah, no, oh, then you know what? Yeah. I don't. Maybe I saw Pink Flamingos no, the really in 81. I saw it oh, in you, the video store. You know, no, like, that's, that's from 1971. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. I mean, the, the great ones are Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble is the masterpiece. Right. And then Desperate Living, which Divine's not in. Um, it's funny. I always thought that um, John Travolta must have been so happy to play that part in Hairspray. He's like, finally. <laughs> 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 it's the first thing I thought of like when, uh, when I saw that he was going to be in it. I'm like, oh, he must be thrilled. But uh, yeah, uh, in that version, uh, Martin Short mm -hmm. plays... David Steinberg playing Captain Hook. Oh, that's brilliant. It's so that's funny. Great. I can see and then that. he goes, um, the best part is, and I actually have, but he, um, he, I don't know why, but this makes me laugh all the time. He says, I don't know why I'm afraid of Peter Pan. And he, I mean, let me ask you a question, John. He's talking to Wendy, Michael, and John. He just picks out John as the name, the guy who's going to talk to him. It makes me laugh every time. The guy is so brilliant. And I don't know. You don't care about that. Let's talk. Uh, about no, I love David Steinberg. He's great. Yeah, Steinberg was great, <laughs> but uh, so was Martin Short. But um, I wanted to ask you, uh, mm -hmm. speaking of, this is like the television part of the show. That's oh, what okay. we usually do the half of the I have television. a television. Oh, well, I know a lot of people, some people that like music <laughs> yeah. refuse to watch television. I, I No, I watch it. Um, there's a lot of music on television. Well, this brings me to <laughs> uh -huh. this week on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to look up, mm -hmm. hey, old man, you know, like I got one of those moments. I had to look up both. Uh -huh. The performer and the musical guest. Oh, wow. The performer is Martin Freeman. I had no idea. Now I know who it is. I looked yeah. it up. I, I've seen this guy a hundred times. I had no idea what his name was. Yeah. You know, he's the Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And um, the the singer is Charlie XCX. Yeah, XCX, yeah. You mm -hmm. like her. Um, the album is fun. Yeah, it, it is fun. You've I mean, she's just like a brat. Her. You know, it's like a fun brat thing. Um, I didn't realize that she wrote that... I don't care. Which is a genius song. I, it's genius one song. of the greatest songs I've ever heard in the yeah. past couple of years, like as a pop song. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. <laughs>
I think I was singing that all last summer. It was two well, you know, it's ago, also right? you know, it's so funny. Actually, I should take it out of your head. One of the things that you know, there's a line that I wrote in the review of it that I sort of wanted to clarify because people were writing in and I had to write all of them back. You know, I kind of I sort of I had an instinct that this, people were going to misinterpret what I was saying. But when I was writing about the Iconopop song, you know, in, in doing the review of Charlie XCX, I know. Um, I, I said that it, in referring to the song, I said this is the first, the first song in history, the first hit in history um, to, for, to salute a car crash. And so, of course, so people I, wrote all of, you know, all these people who said, you know, all the, because there were all these car crash songs. But that's in, the line in the song, which is. But, like, the, but so I had to write back and say the difference here is that they're, 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 they're happy about the car crash. You know, they, it was they an car the crash. Was it abusive boyfriend in it or something? Yeah, they car the crash, right. on, they crashed the car on purpose. The, the, the classic songs were like, you know, it was like meant to be a tragedy. It was like a camp tragedy. But this is like, you know, this is real, you know, lovely nihilism. Yeah. So I was thrilled. Yeah, I know. I, I was I was fascinated that you, again, I'm fascinated that you have to, you know, write about that kind of stuff. But that's I'm not a fun saying record. it in a bad way, but yeah. it's interesting. But I like, yeah, she looks really interesting and she's got like another hit on her hand and she's very young, right? She's 22. And then to like co-write this anthem, mm-hmm. you know, from like, you know, kind of like a um, Call Me Maybe, it's very impressive. Well, she yeah, she she wrote the, uh, she did the the hook in fan, in um in the, the Azalea song Fancy that was like the song of the summer. She did that as well. Oh, re- wow. yeah. well, why is she so good? <laughs> why is she so know, good? It bothers me. It's twenty. I'm very jealous. Yeah, <laughs> and then on SNL last week, right, right, was the uh, the anti semite uh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. It's not. It's not coherent enough to be anti-Semitic. It's I think funny. It's just a I, mess. I don't think that either. Yeah. I'm ready to call anti-Semitism at the drop oh, of a hat. Okay. Yeah. But when I saw the video, <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't bother me for some reason. I, I don't know why. Normally, because it turned I, you on. Well, there's because <laughs> it's because it's basically it's like Nazi porn is what it is. You know, it's funny because Nazi, I like it. Do you ever see um, girl Il- Nazis completely turn me on? Uh, well, th- then you must know the movie Ilse She Wolf of the SS. Oh yeah. Of course. Oh. Yeah. That's the, the one reason I loved writing about that is I cannot tell you how much pleasure I got out of alluding to Ilsa Shewolf of the SS in the Daily News. Oh, that makes that so is sense. fun. <laughs> That's really fun. God, that girl was so sexy. I've looked her up now. I think she's still alive. She's is she? But that movie was from 1975. Yeah, it's not good anymore. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, I was right. That Charlie XCX. She also wrote um, a song that's in the soundtrack to The Fault is in our stars, stars, which made yeah. her like a. You know, again, but that movie was so popular right. at her age. It's like the perfect thing. I was it's a perfect consider thing. like Madonna writing for the that horrible movie Vision Quest, you know, or something. But she writes. Uh, she that well, there was a good song. The Crazy for you. I think. Crazy for you was a great song. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. I mean, these days you just don't hear a lot of pop songs in movies anymore. I mean, it's not. I don't, oh yes, I do. do you, uh, <laughs> but what's an well, example? Well, I mean, the whole Lord thing. You know, she she was essentially curating the, the Mockingjay thing. I mean, oh, is all, that right? Yeah, I mean, all the Hunger Games. You know what the thing really is? Popular. I guess I don't because I don't listen to the radio anymore, so I don't no. know. They're like, well, I never hear a DJ go. Oh, this, is, this is a new one for Mockingjay. Well, Lord. But, well, it's it's true in a way that you have to that you have to be proactive. But the way if you really want to find out about this stuff, you can if you're going to um, you know. Um, uh, Spotify or any of these things. I mean, they they have you know set playlists this, uh, for you. I mean. Spotify is on the internet. You say uh, <laughs> uh, this uh, Spotify you speak of. The, the, um, <laughs> what what I'm saying though is like in the, when they have the Academy Awards mm-hmm. and they nominate these songs, they're all either oh, the from war- Bond movies or yeah, from yeah. Disney songs. Yeah, so they're the worst I always ever. think you know they don't even have anything like you know like the, the Sting you know or something <laughs> like you know like I mean there's. No, it's you don't recognize, they, you know, except for the Frozen song. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, Disney. Right, right. And that was a damn good song. She's good. I, I actually went song. to see If Then. I hate that song. I That's like, one that it really drives me crazy. I like her. 
can't stand her voice. Man. Really? Oh, God, I, it's like fingernails on the blackboard. I guess for me, you know, it, she's in the realm of Ethel Merman for me, so I don't know. But without I the comedy. Like without oh, the comedy. That's for sure. She's not kidding. You, you, did you see If Then? No, I can't do that to myself. I did. <laughs> I did. I kept yelling out, sing Frozen! <laughs> I was that guy. Because you know what? And um, people were like... <gasps> How could he, you know, because I was, because what guy, mm. I was, I was like, I was that guy at the front, <laughs> saying Frozen! You know, who, why would they invite a guy like that into the show? I mean, nobody going to that, to that show. But meanwhile, as the show got worse and worse, mm-hmm. people were like, she should sing Frozen. He's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, because it was that bad. But um, I was wondering what you thought of uh, Rock of Ages. It's closing in January, the Broadway oh, show. Uh, I just went to see it recently. Oh, that was fun. I thought it was really fun. It was completely unpretentious. You know why I didn't like it? Why? They don't finish the songs. Oh, God. And I went with a friend from college who was Uh annoying back then. He's annoying now. He was completely drunk. He goes, finish it! Finish it! And he he was like, he was right. We were getting into Uh, it. They didn't finish anything. It was kind of getting on my nerves. See, I think like a minute and a half of a Cinderella song is about enough. You're right about that one, but there were a couple I was just really trying to, like, get, I was getting into, I guess. Mm. And the Cinderella, you're completely right about, yeah, but a couple. Enough. It was okay. The movie was not good at all. It was, like, I didn't see it. I, I tried not to see anything with Tom Cruise in it. <sighs> if I can help it. Yeah, you know, I'm just sighing because I'm on the fence with him at this point. I just. Yeah, no, I just can't. He's so. He just. That whole. His whole thing, his mm. whole personal life really makes me sick. <laughs> um, that you know, I, I have learned to you know. And it not makes me like, mad. I remember when he got, you know, Katie uh, Holmes pregnant. I was like, <laughs> "Now you're gonna bring a baby into this? Really? Is that necessary?" <laughs> I don't know. There's a Simpsons episode about that where uh, that specifically. No, yeah. where <laughs> well, kind of in the way that uh, Selma marries uh, Troy McClure. No, uh-huh. it turns out Troy McClure isn't gay or anything, but he. They don't say, but they say he likes something with fishes. Like hmm. he does something with aquatic life. Huh. So he marries Selma as a beard, mm-hmm. and then he goes, and Jeff Goldblum as his agent says, like, you know, all the big parts are going to family men now. So mm-hmm. he says they have to have a baby, and then she goes, I don't know. I don't mind the sham marriage so much, but bringing a baby. And it was like a serious <laughs> moment. <laughs> the serious moment in the fact that he was playing in uh, Stop the World of the Planet of the Apes, I Want to Get Off, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with my favorite song. I hate every ape I see, from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, you finally made a monkey out of me. <laughs> that was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> you may remember me from such film strips as The Towel Snapping, The Blinding of Larry Driscoll. Thank you. I anyway. <laughs> you know who I liked when I was watching uh, Saturday Night Live last week? Uh-huh. I liked that girl. I liked that Nicki Minaj. I hadn't uh-huh. really heard a lot of her stuff. Oh, she really can be good. liked the song that she... And then she had that Skylar Grey yeah, yeah. that was really sexy. Uh-huh. And when she was singing, uh-huh. I really enjoyed it. What mm. do you think about people that... Why, why does everybody keep featuring somebody these days? Why is that the way to go? Um, that's been true, yeah, for a long time. I mean, they're sort of piling up. Usually it's because they're bridging, bridging genres. You know, usually it's a way of hedging. So a lot of the, feature, a lot of the featuring began in the 90s when... When rap was being mainstreamed to pop, they needed to have an R&B singer there to sort of like be a beard <laughs> or something to kind of like help it cross over. So then it was always somebody fe- – or the other way around, it would be a rap, uh, an R&B singer with a rapper. So it sort of came from that. It's a way to get two markets together. 
Really? Uh, yeah, I get right, right. I'm, I'm just trying to think of the ones where I've seen with featuring, and I guess you're right. They're never. It's never like two rappers. It's always more of yeah. It'll usually be a singer and a rapper. It'll be a pop, right. it'll be a pop star, let's say, and then they're featuring a rapper. So they can seem a little bit edgier. Yeah, one know, of my favorite of ones, and I don't know why, and I'm picking it out of a hat is, and I can't even remember the name of the song is Magic, and it's by that rapper B. I can't think of his name, but he was with the guy from um, the 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 nerdy well Weezer. Oh right, 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 the right. Lead singer River, yeah, yeah Rivers Cuomo, yeah. And uh, he said, and I, I love the song. It's mm-hmm. like magic, magic, magic. And then the rapper comes in and he sings, and I really like that. I don't know because that, <laughs> when you're saying it's so two different genres, it never occurred to me. Every time I say featuring, it seems like it's two rappers or two of the same artists. Um, mm. You know, like John Mayer and Taylor Swift or something. But then, um, yeah, no, it's it's just it's just uh, it's it's like a marketing gimmick, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I guess people have been doing that for years. Always, um... Well, they used to call them duets. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I was thinking, thinking you, um, like Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello. Which you, that was a great record. That was yeah, a great you, record. Have you ever record. written a bad review for Elvis Costello? You seem to yes. worship him. Yes, um, I have, actually. Um, I forgot which one. There was one one record he did only about five or six years ago that... Um, was a sort of Americana country-leaning record that was that was really dull, I thought. And, and Still, but unfocused. do you love the fact that he but keeps trying different things all the time at this point in his career? Yeah, yeah. I thought the record he did with The Roots was fantastic. I thought oh, it was yeah, a great right, record. Right. It's a really, really smart record. Um, and and found like a really interesting mean between them. I, I love the record he did with Burt Bacharach. Yeah. That was terrific. I guess, it, yeah, kind of everybody seemed to like it. That's what yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of a weird thing because it's, it doesn't have that... Um, I mean, it's it's a... It's a much wordier record than you would expect from Burt Bacharach. But it was a strange pairing at the time. Um, it, out. it seemed initially straight, uh, strange, but I mean, obviously you can put Elvis with anything. I was, when um, Elvis Costello was, it's interesting about artists that are huge at the moment, they're trying to help others, mm-hmm. um, like, when, and help, I mean, icons mm-hmm. to try and have a hit. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder, like Elvis Costello, when he was working with Paul McCartney. Right, right. Uh, and they made that OK album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It always seems like it turns out just OK, which is odd. Um, I also remember um, Rob Thomas helping Mick Jagger. Mm. No, that was a disaster. Yeah. Why, why is that a disaster when you have these people that are in the moment and they're uh, on the top of their game and then it becomes a disaster somehow? Oh, well, you never know if it's going to work. You know, I mean... I think that's just that's just the moment. I mean, who knew, you know what's a, what's a great example one that really came together. I mean, yeah, what uh, is like, it? Like un, well, like under pressure, you know, with Queen and David Bowie. I mean, it's spectacular. Well, but was yeah. that? But that wasn't. But Queen was at the top of their game at the time. Oh yeah. Oh, David you're talking Bowie. about someone who's trying to revive somebody. Like for instance, yeah. your favorite band. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them, Bon Jovi. All right. Um, <laughs> they tried to help their mm-hmm. idol at the time, mm-hmm. who is now a legendary worst advice from a manager of all time mm-hmm. uh billy squire mm-hmm. oh right. you know, yeah, yeah. The rock me tonight yeah the classic which i for, before the internet mm-hmm. i remembered that video in my head yeah. and i made an entire play about it oh yeah where i played <laughs> billy squire pretty much Alan you played the bad yeah. uh, called tyromeo <laughs> and um my song was called rock me all over <laughs> and i got bad advice from my manager and you know i was being interviewed in this character and they're like well then, why did you choose to um, dance down Christopher Street, being you know cheered on by police officers and construction workers? I'm like, it was just uh, bad advice. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know that rock me tonight is legendary. But um, yeah. they tried to help Billy Squire because he mm. was an idol to them, and he was in a bad sure. place after that. And yeah. their, that album they worked with him mm-hmm. just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder like why that's the case, or why, or do you think Bon Jovi? Like for instance, I wanted to talk to you about. 
uh, the, have you seen the Sting Broadway show? Yeah, yeah, I loved it actually. I thought it was okay, mm-hmm. but I like mm-hmm. that Sting. First of all, I like that he used some of his own songs. That really well, I mean, that was a little bit of a compromise. You know, what happened originally that they were oh. not going to um, those. I think they were going to use one. I, I talked to him just just before it opened, and I'd just seen it kind of the night before, and I'd, I said, you know, why did you why did you add these songs? You know, was it kind of a compromise? He sort of admitted that it was that they added them after they'd done the triads in Chicago, and they, you know, and they felt they needed something a little bit more familiar. That's so funny. That's yeah. so interesting because yeah. you know, the, obviously, that was my favorite part of the show because the mm-hmm. songs are just okay, and. Um, for me, I mean, and, and also, well, the other thing in terms of, I mean, you know, it was only so much. They, it's not like they tried to put every breath you take in there. I no, mean, no, the, I you know, know the songs actually, were not hits. The, um, the one, uh, the the river, uh, right. you know, whatever that. Um, all this time, yeah, that's yeah, like that's, that's, like, that's like the best known of the songs. That's, that's my favorite it. song. It's a beautiful I song. Sing it once a week in my head. Oh, huh? So for them to do it, mm-hmm. but the worst part was mm-hmm. Sting's not singing it. That right. guy was just subpar. He was okay. The, uh-huh. That singer was singing it was okay, mm-hmm. and that and then it kind of bothers you for the rest of the day. I know? was just so glad that they weren't singing in Broadway voices, that they were singing yeah. in conversational My brother voices. My brother-in-law because appreciated Because I, I absolutely too. cannot stand that Broadway affect. drives me up the wall. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it, obviously, <laughs> which is so funny. Like, Alan makes fun of me all the time because I'm just the gayest straight man of all time, but... Um, <laughs> My brother-in-law really liked it. He wants mm-hmm. to go see it again because they mm-hmm. didn't use the typical Broadway nonsense yeah, voices. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that's why he liked it. But what I was saying, I wrote an article for the Huffington Post about it. Mm-hmm. This is nothing like, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, you, you write for a real paper. <laughs> um, but I only write articles to try and promote this show. So oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> um, so I was talking about how Sting, the reason why I like Sting, he's into the show. Mm-hmm. He's putting all his all, he's going to star in it now because yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of dying. He's like, let's do one last ditch effort. This is yeah. my this is my show. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the best songs he could. He really put his all into it, even mm-hmm. though they're not my favorite. You mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. they did that horrible Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. They clearly gave leftover songs. Every song from that show stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not one Terrible. song you remember after you've heard it yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. They were remarkably and bad. Not only remarkably bad, they didn't even care. They yeah. come five months after it opens, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there with their mouths open, like in the producers. Right, right, right. Like they're like, "What? <laughs> this is our name on this?" Yeah. And then they closed the show, mm-hmm. retooled, mm-hmm. and then they call it Spider Man Two Point Yeah, still a disaster. These guys. Then they try and you know fool everyone into buying the iPad Six. Mm-hmm. Then Sting, you know, Karma comes back. He gets in the bicycle accident because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're they're done. <laughs> it's over for you two and Bono. He's a troublemaker. Well, I mean, it's it's trying to make a buck. If you can, ima- this guy. <laughs> <laughs> if you can imagine the humiliation of putting out an album and people treat it as spam, they don't even want it for free. They're complain <laughs> they're complaining about having to delete it that that's too much this trouble. Comes from the I mean, that's really bad. This comes from the Spider Man. You don't put an album. You, you do what Prince did for Batman. You put out a whole album with your best stuff, <laughs> and then you make a show out of it. Right. I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't mean to get in your face like that. I just. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sure, they they obviously didn't didn't put anything into it. No, and it really makes me angry because um, I can you see know, that. I, well, yeah, I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess you can. I um, oh, what I wanted to before we we're almost finished, and um, I, I swear to God, I could. I don't know whether you're enjoying yourself or not, but <laughs> I completely am. I have no idea whether my audience is. You know, I, I have no idea. I'm fascinated. Oh, good. By everything you say, I oh, really well, like nice. your stuff. Um, I remember one of the reviews you did that I completely remember. Mm-hmm is around 2000 mm. when Blondie came out with a new album. Mm. And 
I remember thinking it was really good, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I must be mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I remember reading your review, mm-hmm. and you liked it too. Yeah, and then I was like was really happy. I'm like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. It was good. See, I know you are crazy, but what? <laughs> I thought it was okay. <laughs> oh, I say you're right. right I take it all right. back. <laughs> but you liked that album too. You thought it was an okay effort after 20 years to put out, you know, a new album. It was okay. Like, yeah, I mean, pass you... off is not a bits and pieces, right? No, yeah, they, they, they do something interesting. You know, you, you don't expect that it's going to be revelatory. That hardly right. ever happens. But if it's if it's if it's good enough, I mean, that's kind of you, you rate these things a bit on a bell curve. I remember seeing her <laughs> at the uh, at the world. Oh my god, I remember Which, the, the world on Avenue D. Yeah, uh-huh. on Avenue D when that used to be hell. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know it's so funny when you talk to somebody younger. I'm, now like, I'm not going down there to yeah. Alphabet City, and they're like, what do you, "Where's Alphabet City?" I mean, the Lower East, uh, was it the East Village now, I guess they just call it, right? It's like a garden place of the world now. Yeah, Yeah. so, (laughs) it's so weird, right? That was disgusting. We were terrified over there at the world. That, when that was... Worse than going to the Apollo. Yeah, well. (laughs) But yeah, it was a fun place, and she was promoting the French Kiss in the USA album, I think. Uh Right, right. And she sang. I remember she sang um, "Pet Cemetery" by the Ramones. Oh, brilliant! Favorite band, and Uh like one of my that song was amazing. Then, if you have a second, I just need to put in a plug. I just um, I just read Marky Ramone's book that's coming out. He was he was the the second drummer, but he was drummed on. You know, um, he was in. Did he just die? No, no, no. It was Tommy that died. He's the the only one who's alive, but he wasn't an an original. He's very angry too, right? No, no. His 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 book is incredibly funny and incredibly charming and. If you're a Ramones fan, you're going to love fan. it. You're going to love it. It's a great book. I think I saw them live like five or six times, you know, mm-hmm. which is a lot for me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. a big music guy, but I loved the Ramones. Oh, of course, yeah. And it is said mm-hmm. that they never came out with a bad album. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, that's why I'm interested to ask you. That is, yeah, people they, used they, to argue uh-huh. whether they ever came out with a bad album. Because most of it just sounds the same. It sounds exactly so. the same. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like that brilliant ACDC joke. Who is it that uh, I think was... Um, which, which I'll think of the, Angus Young used to always say he said I'm sick and tired of people saying we put out 10 albums to sound exactly the same we put out 11 albums to sound exactly the same <laughs> so was, oh that's funny <laughs> see uh-huh. but I like it and everyone to me always sound different um, oh, we're out of time I didn't get to ask you about a whole bunch of stuff and I don't know I, can, I hope you can come back sometime it's um, this is the uh, this is the end music what do you think yeah, excellent that's me on the guitar man no <laughs> just kidding no seriously I there were so many other questions I had. I, you know, I got like five other pages of stuff. Oh, okay. You're one of the most interesting people I've ever spoken to. Oh, my God. Well, I, don't, I don't know who you talk to. I can take this off, right? Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> uh, well, you're already finished. We're still, still, <laughs> still happening. I'm not just telling you this as a friend now. Oh. I'm still on the air. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but, no, but you can still take <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway, Jim Farber, ladies and gentlemen, what, what do you want to plug something? I mean... It sounds Jersey. Please read the paper. Well, <laughs> no yeah, one's you should. Yeah, oh, read the paper. You can read it online too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it all for free online. You Please tweet? do. I tweet. I tweet. At Jim Farber. Uh, no. At well, you don't want to give Jim out your Farber? name. I mean, Jim Farber it? Music. Jim well, why Farber wouldn't music. you say that? What is, what is because it? I had a black. I had like a small. Stroke. Your publicist like, is here. What's the matter with you? This guy's the worst interview I've ever had in my life, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. You had to sit through an hour of that nonsense. But no, thank Jim. Thank you so much for coming. It was a great time for me. And um, I don't know, you're a fascinating guy. And thank you. That was very sweet. Come back anytime. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll see you next week on the spread. Uh, who knows what? Probably that Mexican kid again. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>